Welcome back Wait. to Deep in Bear Country. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Phil. And I'm Willow. And it's, it's Del, Del Toro, Toro time. time. It's Del Toro time. We're back with the second episode of the Cabinet of Gamma Del Toros. Sorry. Cabinet of Curiosities. And ooh, spoo. Grow the grimy TV show. This one was actually scary. This one was actually, uh, this one did a number on me, even though I also already knew how it ended. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but before we dive into this week's episode, I want to talk about something that we didn't cover on, well, I say last, the last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, lot 36, uh, one of our listeners brought up the fact that we didn't talk about the weird little bunny hops. Oh, that's right. That the old man did caught on video before he went into his storage facility each time. He did these weird little bunny hops. And Mm -hmm. and one of our listeners was like, what's with the bunny hops? That's a good question. And they never answer it. They never address it. And that just got me thinking about what I consider to be one of the strengths, but also one of the weird weaknesses of Guillermo del Toro's storytelling, where... Sometimes he gets a little more in love with the lore of what he's telling than the actual mm-hmm. story. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I remember talking about that with, like, Hellboy 2, where he seemed a lot more concerned with, like, the lore of the fairy folk than actually, like, telling a coherent tale. Because mm-hmm. Hellboy 2 ended up not making much sense at the end. But it was fun to watch. <laughs> it's fun to watch, but you're also just like, wait a minute. Wait. And uh, kind of like, kind of Blade too, as well. Like, there's a lot of lore there that I'm like, but some of the characters kind of fall to the wayside. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was thinking more and more about it uh, after after the listener brought that up, and I was just like, yeah, like it, there was so much story, like background to the story in the last episode that I kind of wanted to know what was going on with that more than what was going on with our our yeah. protagonist. Like, why was he doing the bunny hops? Why was the guy doing bunny hops? What was with the collector? What was with the woman? Like, we never found out about it. Mm -hmm. That's it. So I went into this one, like, being like, okay, well, this isn't based on a Gambo del Toro story. It's based on a pre-existing story. And I would say that that the fact that there's a lot of unspoken lore to this one actually works in its favor. Yeah. Yeah. We got uh, got funky cults. We got funky cults. We got monsters. And uh, we've got... Graveyard Rats. Yep. Uh, based on the short story by Henry Cutner, and this is a short story that I have read before. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was a young man, I've read it several times since then. It's one of my favorite, just old, uh, old short stories. Henry Cutner, who is one of H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's correspondents, mm-hmm. uh, he's mostly known for collaborating with his wife C.L. Moore, who. The, the story goes like the way they would write is one of them would write a little bit, then the other one would jump in and write mm-hmm. a little bit more. And they'd like sort of like chain back and forth to write short stories. Uh, they were like just beloved people. Like everyone loved them, uh, considered them huge influences on horror and science fiction. Uh, Ray Bradbury uh, uh, was like a, a huge fan. Richard Matheson, Dickie Math himself. Mm-hmm. big fan uh william s burroughs was a huge fan uh and he contributed a lot to the cthulhu mythos yeah so um and and this story graveyard rats is tangentially related to cthulhu mythos and i would say that this adaptation explicitly ties it into at mm-hmm. least some sort of greater mythos yeah very 
visually as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot going on in the background of this story that just is sort of just like wonderful flavor mm-hmm. to to the tale. So why don't, why don't you go ahead and tell us uh, just kind of an overview of what this story is kind of about. Well, the story's about a guy living in the 1930s-ish. Uh, he's a, a grave gravekeeper. Um, mm-hmm. He is in some debt with some people. Uh, and he's been robbing graves to try and pay it off. Um, yeah. But there's a rat like infestation. His own graves, like the graves that yeah. he's taking care of. Yeah. There's a rat infestation, um, so he's having some trouble with it. They're just taking bodies. Uh, and he's in trouble if he doesn't get money because the people he owes debt to are going to come kill him. Um, not so unlike goes... not unlike our last episode. Yeah. You mentioned which... that. You, you were like, what's with all the debt? Mm-hmm. Uh, which... So he, he, he finds out that some really rich guy is going to be buried in his graveyard mm-hmm. um, and plots to uh, to rob him of all of the stuff that's being buried with him because there's some like priceless artifact or whatever that's being buried with him. So he goes to do that. The rats have already taken him, so he follows them into their little burrows. Hilarity ensues. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he goes into the burrows. Uh, he, obviously, he doesn't find the guy, um, but he's set upon by rats. He kills one of them. Then he's set upon by the rat queen herself giant rat uh, giant rat and um falls into a pit where he finds a bunch of bones but also all of the like jewelry and like priceless stuff that was down there with the corpses that i assume the rats devoured and finds a creepy cult area with a statue and a corpse and tries to rob that corpse and the corpse comes to life and chases him mm-hmm. there's a lot of chasing causes a cave-in wait he finds a, an exit but it leads to a grave and he dies. Yep. He gets killed by the rats. Yeah. Yeah. And they fill his corpse with rats. Yep. And then in the end, the rats come exploding out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. When two other grave robbers try to rob that grave. Yeah. Yeah, that's a oh, that was a pretty decent overview of the story. <laughs> Thanks. Good, good night, everyone. <laughs> uh, so this took the story Graveyard Rats and it expanded on it. Not greatly, but it... It added the thing where he's in debt. Like that's not a mm-hmm. that's not an aspect of the short story. A lot of the lines he says, where he's describing the rats and where he's just talking, because he monologues the entire yeah. the entire episode. And I have to commend the actor um, uh, David Hewlett for being able to handle this like incredibly heightened dialogue. Like, because he he talks like a, a pulp horror novel. Like he yeah. talks like that. Uh, I have to commend David Hewlett for just being able to just naturally say all this dialogue yeah. uh, and just monologue. He looks, he looks insane the entire time. Yeah, he he monologues while he's like fighting. He monologues while he's like in dire straits, and it's mm-hmm. he, he's really good at it. Yeah. But uh, so they add them being in debt just to sort of give him a little more motivation. Like there's a mm-hmm. ticking clock. Uh, they add the they, he goes and he visits uh, an acquaintance of his who works at the morgue, uh, and this guy lets him rob from the bodies there for what? Did, what did you think was in that little black vial? Uh, what did they call it? Uh, it was it was black and it was in a little vial, and he he trades. That's all added. Like none of that's in there, but we get to see some ushy squishy corpses. Uh, yeah, laid out, yeah, laid out on the slab. A lot of close-ups of ushy squishy corpses. Uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, shots of uh, male sex organs. Yep. Which we weren't expecting. That was something. No. 
uh, uh, and, wasn't uh, as shocking as it was in Midsummer when that came on screen just all of a sudden, but you know, <laughs> and uh, or in uh, or in one of the uh, one of the uh, paranormal activities where all of a sudden uh-huh. a, na- a naked old woman's on screen, and we it's were like, a, it's like a circle of them, and we were like, wait, hang yeah, on, <laughs> wait, hang on, none of the other none of the other paranormal activities had nudity, yeah. Um, <laughs> He, he he looks through the mouths of several different types of corpses, and it is vile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he, when he's robbing a grave in the beginning, like, the woman's eyes have been eaten out by maggots. But not, like, in a realistic way, but in a very, like, Guillermo del Toro way. Yes. Where it's, like, this oddly beautiful, like, corpse mm-hmm. um, whose eyes have been eaten by maggots. But, yeah, there's a, a rich man who's about to be buried with full of gold teeth. And uh, and a gold sword that he's going to be buried with. So that's mm-hmm. his goal. And this is basically where the short story begins with him digging yeah. up this a body of a person who he knows to have been buried with with like rich like jewels mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, and yeah, he, he it's very it's very claustrophobic. Uh, you were you were worried that maybe the claustrophobia aspect was going to be a bit much for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you you soldiered through. You did it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it once he once he was an idiot, I could I could get through it. Right. Unlike our last episode, this guy's not malevolent. He's not mm-hmm. he's not a bad person per se. He's just an yeah. idiot. <laughs> he's not yeah. very smart. Um, not that we're excusing grave robbing, right. but it was the Great Depression. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he was in debt for gambling. He's a gambling mm-hmm. addict. Uh he's an annoying guy, but I didn't wish him ill. Yeah. Like he he was he was annoying, but he was likable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you, you probably wouldn't want to be cornered by him at a party, but you... Uh... It might have something to do with the fact that he spends some time looking like Jack Black, which just automatically <laughs> makes him more likable. He is a little bit Jack Blacky. Uh, the actor, um, David Hewlett. So the director of this episode is Vincenzo Natali, who mm-hmm. we didn't mention this before, but each episode is introduced by Guillermo del Toro. And uh, when he introduces who the director is, you see a little like like ivory figurine mm-hmm. of that director like carved yeah. it's pretty cool and i'm jealous <laughs> that uh that there's this cool uh, everyone gets their cool little ivory figurines um of themselves we should figure out where they're getting those made and then see if we can get some made for our show yeah <laughs> i'm sure it's nice and inexpensive yeah i have an extra ten thousand dollars laying around but the director of the uh of the episode uh vincenzo natale who's he's an american director he just has a very italian name um Mm -hmm. he's famous he directed the movie cube which is an amazing horror film sci-fi horror film uh and he directed uh splice wrote and directed splice which is a it's a troubling horror film but i find it fascinating uh starring Mm -hmm. adrian brody and sarah polly uh and then he directed the netflix adaptation of stephen king's in the tall grass oh i watched that which was which was which was a quality little little uh, spook him up. Yeah, um, he's directed a bunch of other stuff too, but those are like the three big ones. And uh, and so like this guy knows horror. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's well versed in horror. And David Hewlett it was in the movie Cube. Uh, so he they've worked together before. Yeah. He's also in he's also in Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, he's in, he's one of the characters in Shape of Water, so he's worked with Del Toro. And uh, he got into acting because and science fiction because of Doctor Who. So, you know, he just seems like a, a well-rounded guy. Yep. Yeah. And for any listeners out there who know me, he's also in the movie Pin, which is one of the most effed up horror films ever made. So uh, it's about a, a giant anatomically anatomical see-through doll that 
a guy pretends is one of his kids. It's really weird. In any case, uh, yeah, and he's in the shape of water. So, yeah, a likable guy, but annoying. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so the claustrophobia sets in, but then also there's all the rats. The giant rat queen is an incredible puppet. Is it a puppet? Oh, it has. That thing is a puppet. It's so, like, it's so just, like, yang, yang, yang. <laughs> it would be way more fluid or animated if it was, like, CG. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. just it just bursts through walls and just they just like throw it on top of him. Yeah. Also, we wouldn't have been able to see what was going on if it was CGI because they would have had to make it much much darker, so we couldn't tell how terrible. Right. It <laughs> no, this is this is some good practical effects. Um, yeah, it's just a big dumb animal. In the short story, there is no giant rat, but there is there's like like suggestions that there might be like larger rats down in the thing. Um, however. In the they what they have added to the short to the from the short to the short story for this particularly is that uh, is the is the the black church, mm-hmm. which has a like a giant uh, bas relief of what looks kind of like the demon from last episode. Yeah, oh. I thought at least the corpse is also a puppet. Oh, definitely, De- definitely. Yeah. Oh, that thing is amazing. I, I'm reading an interview about the puppetry in this right now. <laughs> oh, really? With yeah. Him? Uh, I think with with the director. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, no, this this is uh, it's some great. What they've added here, so there is a there is a not a corpse in mm-hmm. the in the short story that comes after him. It's actually a ghoul. In the short story, you find out you figure out that the rats work for the ghouls who live in the who live in this in the in the tunnel system, and the ghouls of course eat corpses. So yeah. the rats are stealing corpses for the ghouls. Uh, I this, see. This does away with ghouls entirely. Instead, it is he steals, as you said, he steals a pendant. Obviously, it's like a it's like a cult pendant off this corpse, and the corpse comes to life. Almost seems like it comes out of another horror story because it starts screaming, "Mine! It's mine! It's mine!" Yeah. And it's coming after him. It's- it reminded me of the um uh the 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 spooky man from that movie that we that you didn't like. The toe from uh- yeah. Also. Apparently, Natalia and Hewlett have been making movies together since they were 15. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. So that's great. David Hewlett is kind of his Bruce uh, Bruce Campbell. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved The Corpse. The it Corpse is re- awesome, yeah. It reminded me of The Corpse from uh, Hellboy that he carries around on his back. Right. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's got the same, uh, it's got those Mike Mignola lips where like a corpse just has like this sort of like round circle for a mouth that you see its mm-hmm. teeth through. I love that look. Uh, it's creepy. It's creepy corpse. It's also a funny corpse because of the way it's just shouting, "It's mine! It's mine! Mine! Mine!" Going after the thing. Gollum got murdered and it is corpse. <laughs> it is. It's a very gollumy, a gollumy corpse. Yeah, and he gets cornered by the two of them. He he ends up pulling the 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 tunnel like a giant rock down on the corpse uh, on the on the rat. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then he, as in the short story, he thinks he escapes, but he's actually escaped into a another coffin, and then the rats swarm him. There's a bit of a switcheroo at the beginning because two guys are digging up a coffin, and then he presents himself as the caretaker and chases them off. But then you find out that he's actually a grave robber as well. well he's also the care guy. He's, he's both. Yeah. Yeah, nice work if you can get it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, yeah. The guy who played the mortuary assistant... Also, he was the guy in the movie Cube. He's a guy from the first. He's, there's a famous. The movie Cube has a famous opening, mm-hmm. uh, where you first meet this one guy in the cube, and he's that guy. But he also played Death in Supernatural. 
that's where I recognized him from. <laughs> he played Death on Supernatural. I was so, like, this guy is so familiar. What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, so you know, you probably everyone's seen this guy because Supernatural ran for fifty years. He also has a ton of credits. He isn't just everything from Man of Steel to Percy Jackson uh, to X Men: The Last Stand. He's in just a ton of things and he's got other stuff coming out uh, a lot of fun this episode just had a lot yeah and it like, was short it was short this thing was like 35 minutes long just yeah in and out oh he also has a recurring role on umbrella academy nabil el kafif played uh the the guy who he's in deep with who he owes mm-hmm. all the money to and he was I mean, really good yeah and he's on the expanse uh he's on american gods he's he was in uh in the uh the mist x-men apocalypse like he's uh, these these people all have just massive credits to their name mm-hmm. uh they're, they're, they're fun it's a this was a fun episode yeah it was uh it was it was a lot of fun yeah. uh i liked i liked the scene with the woman in in his like apartment because he he's he's drunk because he's celebrating the fact that he's about to get a big score and he goes in oh like it's like good day madame and she's like oh, f to off a, to a sex worker yeah yeah uh, who then you hear having sex through the wall yeah. while he's like fantasizing about uh, about being like getting money from these corpses, and then he has a nightmare that rats fall from his ceiling. Uh, Full there's, ratatouille. There's a <laughs> it's very ratatouille. As you mentioned it. Uh, there is there is a lot of stuff in this episode that could be considered filler. Like oh my god, we got to expand this short story to thirty minutes, but it's so fun and so mm-hmm. heightened that it works. Yeah. And what really worked was their use of that lore, the black church. Like mm-hmm. clearly there's it's, it takes place in in a town just called Salem. Yeah. Uh, which you assume is Salem, Massachusetts because it's like a harbor town. Mm-hmm. Um but they never like they don't explain any of this stuff. It's just sort of a legend that there's a black church that there's cults. And unlike the first episode where I was like I want to know more, this one I was just like this is just the perfect amount. Like there's yeah. there's you get enough iconography, you get that creepy freeze, you get the weird pendant, the living corpse, the giant rat that I'm just like, okay, there's a lot going on here, and we've seen it just a delightful amount of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I really like this. a world where this makes sense. <laughs> yes, yes. And and I also believe, oh, the famous thing about like uh, in, in Lovecraftian stories where, you know, you, you're driven insane by the things you've seen. Mm-hmm. Like I bought it in this one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because when he first sees the Rat Queen, I was like, yeah, that's just when I'd take my gun and just end everything. Right, right, right. <laughs> you were like, well, because, I'm done. I'm out. Yep. That's at that point, A, I don't know how I'm getting out of there. Uh, B, giant rat monsters exist and I don't want to live in that world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm done. I'm done. Like, yep. <laughs> uh, su- yep no more <laughs> you successfully made me uninterested in living on this earth anymore yep. uh, <laughs> uh, we should point out that queen rat was played by sean sansom and uh that uh that the lady of the evening as she's uh related as she is referred to was played by Paige foskett mm-hmm. uh, and that the corpse was played by kevin keppy kevin keppy who you we need know, one good name every every episode. Who was in uh, the TV series The Quest, uh, nope. uh, Something in the Woods short film, uh, nope. The Devil's Circus. I don't know any of his credits, but uh, he <laughs> has a lot. He has a lot. He's also in a thing that the name of which I can't even say because the title has a bad word in it. So 
<laughs> I liked his performance as the corpse, and I hope he plays more wonderful characters like that. I liked the puppets. You also mentioned that you thought Jack Black should play Guillermo del Toro. You said he should play Guillermo del Toro. I just said he should be in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think he should play Guillermo del Toro. He played R.L. Stein, even though he looks nothing like R.L. Stein, and he looks far more like Guillermo del Toro. So, uh, fun episode. Yeah. Yeah, fun episode. I really, yeah. Fun I just... cinematography. I want to know how they did all the underground stuff. Yes, yes. Oh, it's a, it's a great. It, 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 it manages to take you. To, it manages to be visible. You were you as you said, mm -hmm. like it wasn't dark. Yeah, um, like it was. I yeah, that's my biggest gripe with most horror slash Marvel movies at this point is just I can't see anything that's happening. But this yeah. was like completely underground, and you could see everything that was happening. But it still felt really claustrophobic. Yeah, come on, yeah. Marvel, take notes. Cinematography by Jeremy Benning. Hats Get off some to lighting. you. Yeah. Stop using uh, CGI. <laughs> yeah, great special effects. Great makeup. Uh, the, great practical I love, effects. Great practical effects. I love the art design in this one. Mm -hmm. It looked like it was it was like watching a comic, like a scary yeah. comic book. Mm -hmm. uh, so hats off. Taran We loved it. <laughs> it was really good. It was a really good one. Uh, like the first one I liked a lot, but this was like a massive improvement. Yes. This, and as you said, this one was actually tense and scary. Yeah. Um, I saw uh, the only thing I knew about this one going in, besides having read the short story, I saw one person say the first two episodes of the show are essentially the same story. And mm -hmm. they kind of are, except this one was actually very tense. Like yeah. the other one just felt like he was chased around the halls by a monster. And the monster was cool and it, everyone was fun in it. But this one, I was like, oh my God, this is like stomach churning at times. Yeah. Um, uh, this. Yeah. I was going to say, this this short story has been adapted in the past. It was in Trilogy of Terror 2 in 1996, uh, but they replaced uh, the main character with a woman, and uh, and she was a much more vile character. Like, you were mm -hmm. kind of, you were rooting for her to, to get killed by the rats in the end. And it had to do with, like, a corpse was buried with microfilm. It was, I, I watched Trilogy of Terror 2 years ago, and I was, I was unimpressed by the whole thing, but uh, I do remember this adaptation of being like, okay, okay. Yeah, um, this one pulled it off a lot better. Yes, this one quality. I'm excited for the next episode. Are uh, we doing all eight? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, just do all eight. Hell if yeah! We, all if right. We do, if we do them at this rate, we'll get through it in a matter of weeks, just in time for Pinocchio. Yep. <laughs> uh, and what's fun is our next episode is based Pinocchio. on a story. <laughs> based on Pinocchio. Based <laughs> on a story you and I read for uh, oh our short story series. Which uh, story? The Autopsy by Michael Shea. The Autopsy. Is by this Michael yeah. Shea? Do Is you this the one it? that has? Yes, I think so. I'll have to reread it. But... It was a confusing story, I remember, but uh, yeah. but we both liked it. But it was confusing. So uh, yeah. So next time, uh, the David Pryor directed, David S. Goyer written adaptation of Michael Shea's The Autopsy, starring get... David. Starring. Who? I don't know. I was just there's a lot of David, so I was oh, just oh, making a joke. <laughs> I, I'm a little. I, I'm. I'm looking forward to seeing what David Pryor and David S. Goyer do with this. Um, yeah. But uh, but that's it. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for listening to these. I like doing these little quick episodes. They are. Please keep calling us out if we don't talk about things. Cause yeah, tell us things you want us to talk about in the next episode. It's fun. Our, both of our brains are on fire all the time. Right, because we're always busy. Yep. Um, but, I mean, until until we get to the autopsy, I am Phil. And I'm Willow. And we'll see you when... It's Del Toro time. time.